Good morning. Isn't it good to be here? Amen. It is good. I am glad that you are here and that the the storm passes by for the most part. I mean, it's kind of a, it's kind of leafy out there, but not not so bad. And um, it's not prayer request time, but please do keep those people in your prayers. It's awful the things that they are going through right now, and, and some of those places are just completely leveled. And they're saying that um, that the insurance companies who fund them may may go bankrupt just because of all the the destruction so please do pray um, there are there are places that you can give uh, there, there was a warning uh, from the governor of Florida saying don't give to um, the GoFundMe projects if you see one of those on there even though it sounds great don't do that because there's no transparency you can't tell whether or not the money's actually going to those people but Samaritan's Purse which is what we do our shoe boxes through they went immediately I got an email the next day that said we are on our way like our transport is, over, is on, our, on their way to Florida so I know that they are taking donations if you're interested um, so that's a, a very reputable place also Salvation Army is down there they are reputable as well so if you're interested in helping in any way mostly it's going to be financially because we can't 
you know, getting everything down to them is going to be difficult. But um, there, there are groups that are able to, to put money where it should be. So if you're interested in that, then please send it to, to those more reputable um, places. So uh, speaking of Samaritan's Purse, please remember to bring your items for the month of October. So first day of October and or second day of October, first Sunday of October, and uh, it's hair care products. If you have not yet gotten anything, um, then please bring that, bring boxes. We have, thank you so, so, so much for all that you have given so far for the shipping costs. We are, I'm sure that we're above and beyond what we need for the shipping costs, so that's a, a big thank you for that. Uh, also, mark in your calendars the the week of the, the 14th through the 21st, I believe, is um, is the collection day. So that Wednesday, would that make it the 17th? The w uh, 17th of November, we are going to be putting together our shoebox. 16th, excuse me. The 16th of November, we're going to be putting together our shoeboxes. So um, I assume that Brother Mike's class will still meet over here for anyone who does not want to to put shoe boxes together, but if you're interested in in actually hands-on um, and, and picking the items, it's going to be the 16th of November that we're going to do that because we have to get the labels on them and uh, and ship them off no later than that following Monday. So you won't. We only have a few weeks actually, like six weeks before we're able to send those off, but. You guys have been so, so great in in giving, and we just really appreciate it. Uh, it's We're almost there to that point, so uh, keep that in mind. Also, we're having first Sunday meal. The meal has been provided, and uh, the the meal and the and the desserts. So um, make sure that you stay. We're going to have a little extra time, just a little bit extra time for our planning, um, and I hope that uh, that we'll get lots of great things accomplished. Amen. So the um, dad's going to mention more, but the Joy Club is going to meet. If you're able to be here this Thursday at 7, uh, if you're able to, please do. And he'll he'll talk more about exactly what's going to happen that particular day. Also, the there's a lot of announcements. Uh, the 20th of November is our, our uh, thanks meal. Make sure you're here for that. Thanks meal. If you haven't, so that's seven weeks away. But if you haven't started in inviting who you're thankful for, please start doing that now. If you haven't started planning your menu, do that now as well, because we we want some good food. And that night at six o'clock is the community uh, Thanksgiving service. They're starting it back up. Uh, some of y'all who have been around for a long time, you know that that we've had those in the past. Dad preached one about. Um, wouldn't it have been bad if they had chosen possums instead of turkeys for for Thanksgiving? Yes, and so we are. It's going to be lots of different. Uh, there are at least eight churches within the community who are going to be coming together at Grace Covenant at six o'clock on the twentieth. So keep that in mind. We'd love for uh, Church God Cornelius to be represented, and um, yeah, keep that in mind. Six o'clock. Any other announcements, we will let you know. There's, again, a lot going on, but um, but that's good. I'm glad. And this this starts the busy season, and we'll talk about that, <laughs> too, about needing to take a little breath. Um, on Friday, 
on Friday I was over here and it was I was getting everything ready finishing up my uh, message and getting everything ready upstairs putting in my uh, changing backgrounds and putting in my notes and things and something just and, and I always save it up there so n not a huge deal but but something just said you probably need to turn everything off because storms coming no, it'll be fine. It's going to be all right. No big deal. All right. So I get up there this morning to turn music on, and nothing happens. I was like, okay, fine. So there's one little thing you can do in the back, and I did it. <coughs> Went back upstairs. Nothing happened. And then Amanda walked in. I said, Amanda, can you, can you go flip that? And she did it. And I was like, maybe needs a second time. And came back. Nothing happened. So twice we had to turn everything off and then turn it back on. And and I, when I was standing up there with her, I said, see, that's what the Lord does. He, he tells you to do stuff, and then you don't do it, and then you feel dumb for not doing it. So any time that you feel, and, and it's so simple things. You know, it, it was just stuff that, it was something that would have saved 15 minutes and a little bit of frustration on a Sunday morning. Anytime that you feel the tug of the Holy Spirit, that's, that little voice in there is the Holy Spirit warning you. He's, he's letting you know. He knows what's going to happen. So he's just letting you know in advance, hey, it might need you, you might need to set yourself up for success by doing this one little thing. So I encourage you very strongly, please listen to the, the voice of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's stand this morning and go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your goodness. You are great and mighty and strong and powerful, but God, you, you condescend to those of low estate. God, you look down on us and you see us with love and with compassion and mercy. God, you walk with us through our difficulties. You, you hold our hand through trials. Father, I thank you and I praise you because you are so, so good. Father, I thank you that the Holy Spirit lives within us and that he gives us guidance because that's who he is. He is the one who comes alongside and, and comforts us. And, and he is also our, our counselor and will tell us what to do in certain times. God, I just pray that you would make us more sensitive to your spirit. Father, that you, as you speak to us, we would listen and respond to what you have to say. I pray that would be the case here today, that we would hear and respond to whatever it is that you have to say. God, I believe that you want to do something in us today, something that we haven't experienced, something that we haven't felt in a long time. God, I believe that your power and your presence is going to come down in such a strong way. God, we thank you in advance for all that you're going to do. We lift you up. We praise your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You are good, God. I search the world, but it couldn't fill me. Man's empty praise and treasures that fade were never enough. But you came along and put me back together. And every desire is now satisfied here in your love. 
You're the only 
into gardens. You turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. You're the only one who can. You're the fails me all my days I've been held in your hands from the moment that I wake up till I lay my head I will sing of the goodness of God cause all my you have been faithful and all my life you have been so so good with every breath that I am able oh I will sing of the goodness of God I love your voice I love your voice you have led me through the fire in darkest nights. You are close like no other. I've known you as a father. I've known you as a friend. And I have lived in the goodness of God.
worship you have been so so good with every breath that I am able oh I will sing of the goodness of God good. You are faithful. You are good, Lord. You are good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. doesn't change who you are or what you deserve. I give you my worship. You still deserve it. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy of my song. I pour out your praises in blessing and breaking. You're worthy. You're worthy, you're worthy of my song. I'm going to live like my King is risen. I'm going to preach to my soul that you've already won. And even though I can't see, I'm going to keep believing that every promise you made is as good as done. I give you my worship. You still deserve it. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy of my song. I pour out your praises in blessing and breaking. You're worthy. You're worthy, you're worthy of my song, you're worthy, you're worthy, Jesus, you're worthy of my song, you're worthy, you're worthy, Jesus, you're worthy of my song, you're worthy, you're worthy, Jesus, you're worthy of my song, you're worthy, you're worthy. I sat by that hospital bed, 
you were worthy when I could barely lift my head you were worthy and after all these tears are shed you are worthy I'll never stop singing your praise I'll never stop singing your praise in the blessing and the pain in the blessing and the pain you are worthy whether you say yes or no or wait you are worthy and through it all i choose to say you are worthy i'll never stop singing your praise i'll never stop singing your praise when i finally see your face when i finally see your face i'll cry worthy when you wipe those tears away, I'll cry worthy. And above every other name, you are worthy. I'll never stop singing your praise. I'll never stop singing your praise. I give you my worship. You still deserve it. You're worthy. song I pour out your praises in blessing and breaking you're worthy you're worthy in Jesus you're worthy of my song I give you my worship because you still deserve it you're worthy you're worthy you're worthy of my song pour out your praises in blessing and breaking you're worthy you're worthy you're worthy of my song you're worthy you're worthy jesus you're worthy of my song you're worthy you're worthy jesus you're worthy of my song you're worthy you're worthy Jesus, you're worthy of my song. You're worthy. You're worthy. You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. For from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. Sing that again. You're worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. For from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. Time, you're worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. For from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory.
He is worthy of praise this morning. Give him glory. Give him honor. Thank you, Jesus. God, he is worthy of our praise. Amen and amen and amen. He is worthy. Praise God. I feel good. Amen. I feel, I hope that you feel the same spirit there watching at home as we feel right here in this place. Praise the name of Jesus. Just about make you want to jump over the church. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. And you got one once in a while that will help you do that. And there's a few that um, maybe they feel like they're not able or whatever. One of the songs mentioned there's a, he makes the sea a highway. Wasn't that something what pastor was preaching last week? Jesus coming walking on the highway on the water. The water highway. <laughs> Hallelujah. Would have passed them by. Praise God. Oh, I remember a blind man. They were about to pass by, but he cried out louder. Whew. Brother Mike, the Lord will stop and help you. The Lord will take time for you. <laughs> Hallelujah. In fact, Pastor asked us to read that chapter this past week, and, and I hope that we did and remember to do that uh, because there's a lot of other good things. He fed 5,000 and uh, was listed and recorded in that same chapter. It is wonderful what God does for his people. Amen. Just a word of uh, thank you from you, Lisa, mentioning that... Uh, uh, appreciate you signing the card and and the card that she received from the church about the time during that her uh, traveling over to Peru her her dad had passed and um, and she thank you for prayers. Okay, and the church donated some Bibles, ten Bibles. Through the um, one of the areas that I like a lot, and that is the uh, Gideons. Every dime you give to them, and so in in the honor of her dad, the church gave ten Bibles, and uh, Gideons say thank you for that as well. So praise the Lord, God is good, isn't He? Hallelujah, and He'll help you. Now we mentioned Joy Club this uh, uh, coming Thursday night, and. Um, I don't know exactly what the menu will be right now. I've had a couple of things, and uh, if it comes down to it, those two don't work. We can do what uh, uh, Shane and myself like, and that's some pig ears and sliced applesauce. So you just come on and enjoy yourself, and let's have a good time in the Lord. I think Sister, uh, my pastor, <laughs> Sister Powell, I think, is going to tell us the name of Isaiah's mule and uh, other things that we'll make mention there. Uh, but the Joy Club, uh, one of the things that uh, I have mentioned here, and I hope that we'll keep in our heart, make me a blessing. Every day, Lord, make me a blessing. What can I do? When we're praying the Lord's Prayer, what is designated the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread. Within that uh, phrase there, Lord, what can I do today? What is my daily bread? What do 
I do for you, for your kingdom today, how can I be a blessing to somebody? And so that's a part of it. And then one of the things that we put right in the middle of our Joy Club thing was a Bible that is falling apart is usually owned by someone who isn't. Praise God and amen and amen. Like for you, when we were praising and thinking about this uh, today, uh, remember those people that have been affected by the storm. Um, I thought of it this morning even more so than uh, maybe last night and the night before. To lose everything you have. And there were several interviews of people that had lost everything. And one uh, older couple were standing by, uh, it was a RV, a big bus kind of thing, but it was tore up with the wind and stuff. But their house was completely gone. And they're, I'd say they're 65, 70 years old. Well, we're just going to start all over. It's probably hard to uh, get a grip when you've lost everything. And I thought about it, Sister Dean. Wouldn't that be a need for me to appreciate what God has given me now? Because when it's gone, we can't, we can't replace the life. We can replace the goods and the things over time but we ought to we ought to praise God we ought to praise God give glory where do when do the scripture instructs us don't hold it back when it's in your power to do it don't send them away and then say come another time or the Lord bless you help you've got a scripture you've got a word you've got a prayer that somebody needs to hear. So let us help and do all that we can. So we'd like, in that vein, I'd like to say thank you, thank you, thank you. Isn't this beautiful, the inside of our church? Boy, thank you, thank you, thank you. Outside, leaves blown, hedges trimmed, people looking after the things, cutting the grass. Brother Mike, aren't you glad you don't walk that four acres anymore? Ever how many it was? Would have pushed more. I thank God for every. So that tells me that even the small things, God takes note and He will bless you for it. He will help you. Amen. Thank you, dear Lord. And and, and even this morning, Jason uh, fixing the the uh, TV screen back there, or whatever it's called, and. Uh, um, used to, I was tall enough, and I don't know, maybe even Tony might have been tall enough, but as I get older, Tony, I don't know about you, but as I get over, older, I get shorter. How tall are you when I go into the doctor's office? I used to say six foot, now I say five ten. Boy, help me. Jesus, come before I get five, nine, or eight. Jesus, come on. Praise the Lord. But Jason, thank you for being so tall, and thank you for helping it, putting it right in the place to put everything in focus. Amen. God is good. The Word of God tells us one of the scriptures that Pastor gave to us several months ago, maybe even a year, Colossians 3.16. Let the Word of Christ dwell, dwell, dwell in you 
richly, abundantly, hand over fist, overrunning, pressed down, shaken together. Let that word of God, let that word of God, and I think that's a focus even today, let that word of God dwell in you richly, in all wisdom. So that all wisdom might have meant the secular or the carnal wisdom that you can muster up, but also that pure religion, uh, wisdom that comes down from above. Let it dwell in you in richness and wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, spiritual songs, hymns, singing with grace unto the Lord our Father. Amen, amen. Let that word be in you, be a part of you. My mother was so much about that. You got to read the word. You better get it in you. You better tuck it under your fifth rib. You better keep the word. They're going to come get your Bible. They're going to come and get your Bible. <laughs> and um, she don't know how right she was. It wasn't the physical taking away, but the devil seems to be taking it away from us a little bit at the time, don't it? In small increments, a little bit at the time, but we need to be bit of honey. Busy as a bee. You remember that a few weeks ago? Do you still have your bit of honey? Hallelujah. Be busy as a bee. <laughs> Praise you, the Lord. Amen. I thank God for his goodness, his blessings. How much has he blessed me? How great is God in my personal life? Thank you, Lord. How good is he in your life? Would you brag on him this morning? Take a moment. Praise his name. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Somebody else brag on Jesus. Glory. <laughs> I wonder if everybody can say praise the Lord. Amen. Now can we say it like we mean it? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God is good. Hallelujah. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Let us magnify the Lord. Let us exalt his name. Oh, God, you are great and you are lovely. You are our Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Good morning. Welcome to the Cornelius Church of God. That's two weeks in a row we've had a good report from somebody. We remember Brenda had a good report last week. And then that this morning, that's good news. When when good, when good stuff happens, we need to brag about it because it'll encourage us, and uh, we need encouragement. 
It's time to receive our tithe and offering if others will come at this time. Brother Joyner, will you say the blessing over the offering this morning, please? It's been a while since I've been up here. I think what and vacation and then wow, so missed you guys. It's good to be here. Now it's time to receive prayer requests this morning. Jason. Yes, let's pray. All goes well for Jason. Congrats on the job, man. Sister Hager. pray for Sister Hagers, her family, her boys, Colton. But Mike. Yes, let's pray for Brother Mike's wife and family. Sister Judy.
Let's pray for Sister Judy's brother and sister and niece that they're safe and that she's able to get through soon. Gretchen. Let's pray for those in Florida that have a tough road ahead of them. And pray that people step up and help them. Sister Shuggy. And what's her name? Brookie. Let's pray for Brookie. And um, what was the other one? Miss Linda. Yeah, continued good word from good reports from her. Rhonda. Yes, let's pray for Rhonda's mom and continued prayer for her brother Tommy. He was visiting her. Robin. Pray for Robin's boys and her husband Steve. I, any, if that's it, unspoken request, raise hands, stand with me as we take these to the Lord. Come. 
before we fellowship this morning, we're going to have a special prayer for Colton. And we'll have Brother Mike stand in for him this morning.
You thought I was worth keeping. You cleaned me. 
because I'm if I'm by myself in the car and I'm listening to that song, I'm just it's I'll bet you're off if I can see by the end of this song. I'm like, okay. Thank you, Jesus. Anyway. Glad that you are here. Glad that you're watching. If you're watching, hello. Glad that you were able to and uh and hope that you're able to be back with us next week. Again, first Sunday meal, make sure that you stay. We wanna um, I have timed myself for my portion, so we're <laughs> we'll see if I can still stay within that. And um, we've got a few things going on, so just just please do bear with us. But but we need you. Okay, so um, I'm gonna just go ahead and let you know too. This is not what I uh, this is not what I wanted to preach. Um, <laughs> Mom and I were talking about this on Thursday. Every <laughs> every day when I'm over here, she'll text me lunch. Sure. So I went over there and uh, on Thursday, and she said, "How's it going?" And I said, "Well, for about for uh, at least uh, well the whole time I'd been there up to that point. Well, we know a little bit. For the first two hours, I sat with all my books open, with my laptop open, pen in hand, <laughs> head on the desk." going oh lord please <laughs> y'all heard a writer's block okay i had two different things and when i say okay now i i love i love being prepared i love it it's what makes me feel great it makes me feel safe and comfortable and i have lists of things in my in my note app in my phone things to preach so uh, it's it'll be a while before i start recycling just to let y'all know and i thought okay uh you know a new series or what are we going to do because uh, we've been in this it's not what you think for a long time but but everything's a little different it's not exactly building on each other so it's like okay well are we going to switch series it may be this until the end of the year i don't know but um but i, I had two different other it's not what you think and and it's like okay god please i need to um please lord just just let me please <laughs> just say something oh god please say something and yeah and um again and it's not that i couldn't have come up with something else but but hearing from the lord is important and um because if i don't hear from him then it's just me up here rambling and i can hey i can do that too obviously you see me right now but i'm like uh, i just i want you to know that when i gave in to this it was easy. When I gave in to this, it was like, all right, thank you, Lord. So I just quickly will say, Lord, open our ears and our hearts that we can hear and respond to the things that you have to say to us today. Because as I was studying this, it hit me. So grief is not what you think in Jonah chapter 4. So, the storm. The storm, we talked about this last week. If you weren't able to listen, if you weren't here, <coughs> and you weren't able to listen, then I suggest you listen, because I enjoyed it. I don't think you all do. <laughs> but, first, we must pray. That's what we learned from the storm. Gotta pray. In any cir circumstances you find yourself in, prayer is necessary. 
we learned last week as well he's an on-time God that he shows up not when <laughs> maybe not right when you're calling for him but he shows up right on time and that the storm reveals his glory that as he as he walks past us in the middle of our storm he wants us to recognize how great he is but we continue to examine our preconceptions and challenge them today we consider grief grief is defined by webster as a deep and poignant distress we can grieve over lots of different things it's not just death but over lots of different circumstances we grieve a deep and poignant distress that we feel so how do you respond to grief what's your your typical reaction to grief do you embrace it allow yourself to feel feel your feelings you allow it to teach you its intended lesson lord I, I, if you're if you're if you've allowed me to be here i know there's a reason or do you ignore it and deny the way that it's affected you and um okay <clears throat> stuff it down and pretend it's not real nope it's gonna be okay put on your happy face and keep going yeah. so today we're gonna learn from the prophets jonah there's a it's a long a long foundation there's a lot of foundation i will go through it as quickly as i can jonah was a prophet in israel between 800 and 750 bc it's believed that he was a contemporary of amos and hosea so if you read those books then all this is happening all around the same time right? he's known as as a minor prophet his was those who are considered minor prophets it's because their books are shorter not because they're their message was less important but he is one of the minor prophets only four chapters in this book and this book is unique because it doesn't record any message that the prophet was giving to israel now he was a prophet to israel but it doesn't record anything that he said to them instead we hear the story of god calling jonah to preach to the ninevites those in the capital city of Assyria. They were enemies and later captors of Israel. So at this point, they had, they had been fighting against the, the Assyrians. These armies were against one another. The, the people of Assyria were known to be ruthless and merciless. And they were pagans, of course, worshipped many, many other gods. So, for them to be the ones, and, and later on we, we do see that they are the ones who take the nation of Israel captive into the land of Assyria, tortured them, were just awful, awful to them. Now, those who took um, Babylon, Judah was taken into Babylon, and they were, they were rough on them because they were captives, but they were not nearly as bad as the Assyrians. The Assyrians were awful. So Jonah's struggle was real. <laughs> he received this call of God, go preach to these people of Nineveh. No, thank you, God. I don't want to do that. I need you to go preach to these people of Nineveh and tell them that their city is going to be destroyed within 40 days if they do not repent. No, thanks, God. I, I don't want to talk to them. I don't want to see them. They're my enemies. I, I really I can't stand them, God, please. So instead of being obedient he went down to Joppa, which is a port city, 
bound for Tarshish. And some scholars say that this is in the south of Spain. So this is not Tarsus, where Paul is from, but Tarshish, down in Spain. So he he gets on a a ship in Joppa, and he's bound 3,000 miles to the west. (laughs) And in order to get Jonah's attention, the Lord begins to send a wind, a tempest, a storm, that threatens to tear the ship apart. They're out on the sea, and just winds going everywhere, waves crashing. But Jonah was asleep in the boat. He's resting. He's just chilling out there, and they wake him up. Jonah, don't you realize that we're about to die? You need to start praying to whatever God you serve. You need to start praying to him and ask him what's going on here. Will he please stop the storm? So, Jonah gets up, all right, all right, begins to pray. And they say, okay, we want to find out whose fault this is. And they cast lots, and the lot falls to Jonah. And everybody's gaze turns to Jonah. Who are you? What do you do for a living? They, they ask these questions. Who are you? What do you do for a living? Why is God mad at you? So he told them, I'm a prophet, and I'm running from God. But I know God, and if you throw me into the sea, everything will be fine. And at first they hesitate. I don't don't think that we need to be responsible for killing him. That might make the gods more angry that we've killed man to stop a storm. But Jonah's like, no, for real, y'all. I know God, and you need to throw me into the water, and then everything will be fine. So, all right pitch him into the water and the storm stops (laughs) so when he landed in the sea a few things occurred the storm stopped and then the men on the boat recognized Yahweh as God and they began to worship him okay (laughs) that was weird (laughs) okay Yahweh you are the only Lord and we trust you now and a fish that God had prepared swallowed up Jonah So Jonah stayed in the fish's belly for three days, three nights. While he was there, he began to pray. Jonah details for us the experience within the belly of the fish. He talks about the seaweed wrapped around his head and the the ribs of the fish. And and we hear this uh, poetic language, but we can kind of interpret it to see that he's inside this, this creature that God has made for him. And the desperation that he feels, the darkness, the, the stench, all this. And by day three, Jonah had experienced a change of heart. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you're going to stay in here until you change your mind. So he says, Lord, yes, okay, I'm, I'm down for it. Yes, let's do this. So the fish spit him back up onto the land. And the word of the Lord came to him again. (laughs) God had a word for the people of Nineveh, and he wanted Jonah to be the one to tell him. So we're told in chapter 3 that the city was large enough to take a three-day journey. So it's, it's pretty wide, pretty large city. We don't know how long it took for for Jonah to get from 
the place where the fish spit him up to Nineveh, not quite sure. But we, we do know that when he was there, he walked a day's journey into the city and began to preach repentance. If you do not repent, you are going to be destroyed in 40 days. So when the king heard this, he called for fasting and repentance. He called for every creature, not just the humans, but even the animals had to fast. They were not allowed to eat or drink anything. They all were clothed in sackcloth so that they could show their repentance to Yahweh. Now this is where we begin. In Jonah chapter 4, verses 1 through 5 will begin, and it says, But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. And he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Therefore I fled before unto Tarshish, for I knew that thou art a gracious God, and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repentest thee of the evil. Therefore now, O Lord, take, I beseech thee, my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And then said the Lord, Doest thou well to be angry? So Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city, and there made him a booth and sat under it in the shadow till he might see what would become of the city. So here we are given this emotional struggle of Jonah. And it's so interesting because if we really read, if we really study God's word, we, we see all these characters and we think, oh, they're so wonderful, they're so great. Well, they were people just like we are. And they go through the same kinds of emotions, the same kinds of feelings and pains that we do. So it should give us some encouragement that, that if you can use anyone, Lord, you can use me. So Jonah was looking at the city, and he began to have turmoil. It says that he was displeased, meaning to spoil by breaking to pieces. Good for nothing. So as he's looking out at this city, his emotional struggle begins, and he he says, I'm just, I'm good for nothing. I'm broken on the inside. And he began to be angry, meaning to glow or to blaze up with zeal, jealousy. And then he cried out against the Lord, asking to die. Why? Because the Lord had been merciful and gracious to the citizens of Nineveh. He knew something like this would happen, that God would forgive the enemy of Israel, and that's why he left for Tarshish in the first place. He said, I knew this. Didn't I tell you that this was going to happen? He's saying this to God. Didn't I tell you that this was, I knew you were going to do this to me. I knew that something like this was going to happen. That's why I never wanted to go through this in the first place. That's why I never wanted to be in this position because this is the kind of stuff that you do. And he's being so transparent with God. 
And he's being so open about the way that he actually feels. And good or not, he's opening up. And he sits down, and, and this was something interesting because I noticed it says that he, he went to the east part of the city and he sat down, he made himself a little booth, and he sat down to watch what would happen to the city. And as I, after I'd studied, I'd gotten through all my notes and just dwelling on this, meditating on it, okay, thinking how I was going to bring it forth. And, and I just began to ask myself, why, why would he do that? Because at this point, Nineveh is at least 600 miles, and it depends on the, the exact location of where they consider Nineveh was in the ancient times and the exact location of where Jonah lived. It's anywhere between 600 and, nine, I believe, 900 miles that he had to head back to his homeland. And he had preached, and he had done what he was supposed to do, and instead of turning around and going home, getting on with his journey, he sat down to watch what would happen. And I was, God, why did he sit down? Why would he do that? And it was as if the Holy Spirit, and after, again, after I'd written all this down, just ministered to me, you have to sit with your grief. So often, immediately we turn around and start walking toward our next destination. All right, fine, I'm done, let's move on. But he chose to sit there and feel his feelings and talk to God about them. See, that's not because, again, me, I'm thinking, I got a 900-mile journey. I'm about to leave. I got to go. I'm moving on. We're going to ignore this. It's like it didn't happen. It's going to be fine. We're just going to, and we're going to keep moving on. But we see something very, very important here, that he had to sit with it, and that he had to deal with it. He had to talk to God about it. After crying and yelling and pouring out his heart before God, God asked him, did, did that make you feel better? And I don't know, it depends on the, the version that you're reading. Uh, the New Living Translation kind of makes it sound like God was a little irritated with him, but I don't know. We don't exactly have that, that nuance of attitude. But I want to think that, that God did to Jonah what Shane Williams sometimes does to me after I after I get aggravated and and he'll look at me did that did that make you feel better now did that make you feel better do you you didn't know you were that much like the Lord did you yes you are babe so sometimes sometimes you know I'll just get really aggravated and upset uptight in a way uptight about something and just real do you feel better now and sometimes they'll say yes and sometimes they'll say no and I feel like at this point Jonah said no I do not he sat there for a little while longer but God said does that make you feel better Jonah didn't reply but he just sat there 
Remember that God's questions are always rhetorical. God was asking Jonah this to have Jonah examine his own heart. Jonah, do you feel better after being angry? After this, this outburst, do you feel better? Does that help you? And so Jonah had to sit as well with this, with this thought. Did that make me feel better? No. Oh, I'm still mad. I'm still upset. I'm still grieving. So then we see in verses 6 through 11, And the Lord God prepared a gourd and made it to come up over Jonah, that it might shadow, be a shadow over his head to deliver him from his grief. So Jonah was exceeding glad of the gourd. But God prepared a worm. When the morning rose the next day, and it smote the gourd, that it withered. And it came to pass, when the sun did arise, that God prepared a vehement east wind. And the sun beat upon the head of Jonah, that he fainted, and wished in himself to die. And he said, It is better for me to die than to live. And God said to Jonah, Doest thou well to be angry for the gourd? Again, questioning. And finally Jonah replies, and he said, I do well to be angry, even unto death. <laughs> then said the Lord, Thou hast had pity on the gourd, for the which thou hast not labored, neither madest it grow, which came up in a night and perished in a night. And should I not spare Nineveh, that great city, wherein there are more than six score thousand persons that cannot discern between their right hand and their left hand, and also much cattle? So notice here that he says that Jonah calls him the Lord God. He changes the title here for the first time. So here he is calling him Yahweh Elohim, the covenant creator. He prepared a gourd. This word prepared is used four times in, jo in the book of Jonah. He prepared a fish. He prepared a gourd, prepared a worm, prepared a wind. And at first we see here he prepared a gourd. Now, it was likely because of the rapid growth of this gourd, this plant, that it was a castor oil plant. Do have y'all ever seen a castor oil plant? Well, a castor oil plant is where you get castor oil from. And it has large leaves that, that spread out kind of like fingers. They're huge, big, huge leaves, but they have all these points on them, and they're, they're serrated on the edges. Big, huge leaves. It's known as a palma Christi. P-A-L-M-A, Christie with an I. Palma Christie. This plant shaded Jonah to deliver, in the Hebrew, to snatch away his grief or his affliction. So we see that Jonah even says that he was grieving and that this plant had come up to shield him from his grief. Now, the shade was a, a spot of joy for the prophet. It said that he was exceedingly glad that the shade had come upon him. He had made his own little shelter. He had made his own little booth. 
to help himself, but it wasn't enough. What the Lord provided was actually a shelter from his grief. What he made for himself was just enough to sit under, but what God had made for him was a covering for his grief. But then God prepared a worm. <laughs> the worm came the next morning and attacked the gourd. And the gourd dried up. And then the Lord prepared a wind. After the gourd was gone, all shriveled, the joy, the one joy that he had, gone. Then God prepared a wind. And this was called a vehement east wind. And it blew upon him, and the sun beat down upon his head. Notice that both the protection of the shade and now the suffering from the heat affected Jonah's head. Because when we are in the midst of grief, oftentimes it is our mind, it is our head that's most affected. And that God provides this protection for us when we're in the midst of it. That sometimes it feels like thing after thing after thing comes and attacks us. That battlefield of our mind that needs to be protected. And as he sat there watching the city, and the sun beat down upon his head, and the wind was blowing in his face, he began to faint. And he said, God, please just let me die. God, please just let me die. And we think, oh, that's really, that's super dramatic. I mean, my golly, it's, you're, you're just sitting there and you're just hot. But that wasn't it. He was in the midst of grief. He was sitting in his grief. And if you've never felt that, then maybe you've never dealt with your grief. That thought of, just take me on. I'd just be better off if I was in heaven with you. God, just take me. God, just, I don't have to deal with this mess anymore. So we don't have to, we, we look at Jonah, and, it, and it's not that he's overreacting, but it's that he's actually dealing with his feelings. And then once again, God asked him, does this anger make you feel better? You're mad about this gourd. Does that make you feel better? To which he finally replies with openness and emotion, yes, it does make me feel better. It makes me feel better to be angry about this gourd. But see, the issue wasn't really the issue. Because maybe he, like us, didn't want to get mad at God. Because may, he may not have thought that God could handle it. I don't know. He's being super transparent, so maybe that's not what he was feeling. But, but he says, yes, God, I'm mad about this gourd. Because you took this gourd from me. But the issue wasn't the issue. Because he was mad about something else that he didn't want to deal with. And so the, the anger gets directed toward the gourd. When we don't deal with it, it will come out in some other way. 
when we do not address the emotions that are going on within us, it will come out in some other way. Whether it's in anger, acting out, if it's in bitterness or shutting down, whatever it may be, if you do not deal with it, it will come out. So here, Yahweh replies to Jonah with some perspective. He said, you had no investment in this gourd. The existence of this gourd is short-lived. What you are really feeling beyond the symptom of anger is resentment that I have done something you didn't want me to do. He said, let's get to the heart of it. You're not mad about the gourd. You're mad about Nineveh. You're not mad with me because I took the gourd away. You're mad at me because I took my wrath and anger away from Nineveh. You expected this to turn out differently, and it didn't. You're mad. He said, I am God, and I will show compassion. Shouldn't I be able to be emotionally invested? God is saying, should I not be able to be emotionally invested in this city that houses 120,000 people who need to be repented? You wanted them to die and go to hell. That's, that was what your idea of justice was. That was You wanted that 40 days to pass and them to be destroyed, Jonah. Just admit that. Just say, this is what I'm going through. This is how I feel. And then we can deal with that. Because anger, it's not bad. Okay, if you, if you, haven't, if you don't hear anything else today, understand. Anger is not bad. Anger is a neutral emotion. It can go one of two ways. If you become righteously angry, then you see the, the things going on in the world, the injustice, you know, people being taken advantage of, the, the abuses that go on. You become angry and you do something about it. You say, this is not right. This is against God's word and we, I, I'm, I'm mad about this. We're going to do what we can to change it. Or you can become angry and then that anger leads to bitterness and resentment and shutting down and discouragement so anger is just a symptom emotion so when you when you feel angry you need to ask what is this anger telling me what's at the root of this because for Jonah the anger was the symptom of his resentment a symptom that he did not get what he wanted from the Lord and I'm not trying to to make it small because to him that was something that he was grieving over So, we are privy here to the emotional life of the prophet. <laughs> and we're not just shown this shiny picture of him preaching to thousands. Jonah, his name means dove, as in morning dove. So, even the Lord from the time he called him knew that he would have grief, that he would mourn but that he would be exam an example to us of real pain and grief. And there are some things that we can learn from the example of Jonah. Things that maybe he did do right, but maybe some things that he didn't do right and we can do better. The first thing that we see is that God's plans are sovereign. 
no, this doesn't feel good. This is not much of an encouragement. That's one of those church phrases that we say to explain why it is that people are going through stuff. When, and, and um, Dad uses this example very often, that Pastor Lorraine Livingston in, um, at Central, he prayed, they prayed over two babies, and the one baby lived and, and recovered from its sickness, and the other baby died. And he said, how do you preach? How do you preach to people who are hurting in this way? And the only thing that you can really say is God is sovereign. And when we hear that, it's just, it feels like a platitude. It feels like, yeah, but. But God's plans are sovereign in that. There are some things he's not going to reverse his decision about. Notice that God did not reverse his decision based on Jonah's preference. Even though Jonah escaped time after time after time trying to get away from God, God didn't give up on using Jonah just because he didn't want to go through this. And there are going to be times that, yes, the Lord miraculously heals and miraculously changes a circumstance and a situation, but then there are some times that God wants you to go through it. That he is not going to change the circumstance because he knows you're going to make it through this. So when I'm in the middle of something and God is not answering, or he didn't answer the way that I want, then I have to trust that there's a reason. And again, that feels like, well, of course. And it feels like, but God, why? And I believe that's okay. I personally believe that's okay. We see throughout the scriptures that people question God too. As long as we're okay with him <laughs> maybe coming to us like he did to Job and saying, hey, Job, uh, were you there when I created the world? We can ask God questions. We're allowed to do that. When we are faced with circumstances that will result in grief, we may attempt to avoid the pain. We ignore the call of God. We take a ship to Tarshish. Get caught in a storm, tossed overboard, only to be swallowed by a sea creature. Okay, Lord, you really want me to go through this. When we finally face a situation, the pain becomes even more acute. We realize that what God is going to take us through, what we, what we think about it, it would just be easier if we could just die. God, I, I just, I know I'm going to heaven. Why don't you just take me? I, I, Lord, just, just let me go on. And again, if you've never, if you've never felt that way, I'm, that's that's great and all, but maybe, maybe you haven't dealt with some of the things that you're should have been feeling because we see this a couple of times with, with Jonah. We see this in, in other in other people in God's word. God just <laughs> Elijah said, God just let me die. Just let me die. Come on. That grief. <sighs> the second thing that we see 
is that God is invested in the brokenhearted. God was with Jonah the whole time. He was watching over him. He was communicating with him. He was sitting with him in the grieving process. As he sat there and he watched the city, he sat in his grief. He chose to actually feel what he was feeling. God was with him the whole time. God was seeing him deal with this stuff. Asking him about his anger. Helping him see. God is God is near. God raised up the, the palm of Christi. The translation of this is the palm of Christ. So we see Christ in the book of Jonah. That this that this shelter was put over Jonah. As he was feeling his grief, as he was experiencing these things, that the hand of God was on him. That the hand of Christ was sheltering him, keeping his mind safe, defending his head from grief. God covers us, he talks with us, he sits with us in our hurting. The Bible says that he is near to the brokenhearted. He binds up their wounds. Our brokenness draws God to us. We, we've been talking about this in our, in our class on Wednesday night. That God is near to the brokenhearted. He does not shy away from us when we're hurting. When we are, when we're angry and we're mad with him, when we're upset, when we are railing against him, when, when we are at that point that if he was standing in front of us, we'd just be hitting him. He stands there. He stands there with us. And I say that, and, and again, maybe you've never, I don't know. A, um, a few years ago, y'all may remember that um, we had that teenage boy, Gavin, who passed away. And, and as I was, you know, I was texting back and forth to his mom, just trying to give her some encouragement, that, that image hit me. It came to my mind that that's what she wanted to do. Beat on the chest of God. God, why? God, why, God, why? And when we're there, when we're there in that place, and you're like, God, why are you letting this happen? He's there. He's there. He doesn't turn away from us when we do that, when we need to do that. When that's part of our grief, he doesn't turn away. He stands there. He takes it. And he wraps us up. The third thing we see is that honesty with God brings perspective. God calls Jonah 
to come face to face with his emotional, emotional turmoil. He had to see it. He didn't just get to turn away and ignore it and act like it wasn't there. He had to come face to face with it. Instead of shoving down his feelings, <laughs> going ahead and getting on his way, his 900-mile journey back home, Jonah sat there and he was honest with God. Yes, God, it makes me feel good to be angry right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay with being mad. <laughs> yes, God, I'm okay with being mad about this gourd that was helping me make it through and now it's gone. Yes, I'm, I'm happy to be angry. I don't like what you did. And that's okay. That's okay. Because <laughs> God's our Father. And if we believe that, if we know that, then we have a certain level of trust with Him. Um, my mom used to always, you don't have to like what I do. And you're welcome to voice your opinion about it. If there's something that I can change, then I will, if I can, you know, something I can do to make you more comfortable. But if there's not, then you're just going to have to deal with it. Because I know better than you do. And when we feel that way toward God, there is a, there's a level of trust that says, God, I don't like what you're doing. I don't like this. I don't like the way this feels. I don't like the way this is affecting me. God, I am angry. I am mad. I don't want to go through this. And God gives us some perspective. He showed Jonah that his pity for the dying gourd was nothing compared to his compassion for a dying nation. We have no record of how Jonah reacted to God's reasoning. We don't know. We have no record of Jonah past this point. This is just one little glimpse into his life. But we're given the gift of seeing into the mind of the sovereign God and how he wants us to deal with grief. Because grief is inevitable. We will all experience loss of some sort. And, and again, it may not just be loss of a loved one. We could lose a job that we need to grieve. <laughs> we could lose an opportunity that we, need, that we need to grieve. God, I really wanted that thing to happen. God, I had dreamed about this my whole life, and it didn't happen for me. I had expected this situation. I had expected this to go one way in my mind I had a, a five year plan a ten year plan and, and this was the way that it ended up and God my picture didn't match my reality and we have to grieve that because it wasn't a it wasn't a death that, that he was grieving here but we see again this example of how to deal with it so anything, any type of loss in your life, you need to take the time to sit with it. It's extremely important to walk through the grief, not just ignore it, not just stuff it down, but to sit with it. 
to receive the healing that God provides. So in times of grief, we understand that God's plans are sovereign, that God is invested in the brokenhearted, and that honesty with God brings perspective as the music plays. Again, I believe, and if it's for people here, if it's for people online, I believe, I know, I know that this was what God wants us to hear today because I tried to preach other things. I tried to receive other things. I tried to force other things, but he wouldn't let me go with this. He wouldn't let me go until I dealt with this. And so God wants you to deal with it. Today, as we go to him in prayer, if there's untouched grief, if there's things in your heart that you haven't allowed yourself to feel, today is the day. God wants to, God wants to cut away the scab. He wants to clean out the infection of bitterness. He wants to get to that place in your heart today. Or if you have a grief that is fresh, he wants to apply healing balms to it today. Because he is the great physician. He is the one who brings healing. But he doesn't just cover it up with a bandage. He puts his word in to bring about a healing from the inside out. So however you need to receive from him today, you are welcome to to stand or to sit, to come to the front, whatever it may be, however you need to receive. But if you're dealing with stuff today, you need to surrender it to him. Let him take it. Heavenly Father, I come before you. I'm lifting up all of us to you. Father, there are some of us who have things that we're in the middle of. And we're looking around saying, God, please just take me home. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Come on back, God. Please don't let me go through this anymore. And for those people who are in the middle of that, I just pray that you would wrap your arms around them. Help them to understand that if they're still here, they still have purpose. That the hurting and that the pain did not negate their purpose in you. Just because they're hurting, it's not for punishment. They're not hurting because they've displeased you in one way or another. This is not, this is not something that you're bringing on them. There's a consequence, but God, it is just a part of life. Father, we ask for your healing. We ask you to dig out anything, a root of bitterness. We ask you to dig out anger that would go toward the, the side of sin. God, we ask you to apply healing balm 
Your word says that you have that, that you are the great physician, that you are the balm in Gilead. God, we trust that right now the pain would be healed from the inside out. Heavenly Father, take your word right now and, and put it into that place that's opened up, that's hurting so badly. God, in whatever stage of grief we're in, if it's anger, if it's disbelief, if it's bargaining, whatever it may be, God, I pray that we would do that we wouldn't feel your presence with us. That even if it's you standing there listening to us yell and scream and say, why, God, why? God, even if it's that, that we know that you're right there, that you said in your word that you will never leave us, that you will never forsake us, and that we can always come to you with our questions but you may have questions in return. <laughs> Father, I pray that you would sit down with us in the middle of this. Help us to deal with it. Father, that you would show up with some perspective. And we may never understand fully why it is that you chose to allow this to come. We may not know, God, but we understand that there is nothing that comes against us that is not first passed through your hand. That in some way it's going to grow us. In some way it's going to teach us. In some way it's going to make us more like you. We trust you, Father. We trust you, Father. We understand that like a, like a good father, like a good parent, you're not going to hurt us just for hurting us. That you'd never do that. That you would never allow something to come on us that was going to destroy us. But we're going to have victory. I pray for those who have ignored their pain for so long. They want to say, oh, I don't, I don't have anything to deal with, God. If that's the case, then, then good, if they've already dealt with it. But God, if there's things within our hearts that we haven't touched in so very long that we want to pretend like it's not even there, but it's affecting us in one way or another, I pray right now you would reveal. Show up in our minds. God, reveal those things, those pains, those disappointments, those times that life didn't turn out the way we expected. And God, why couldn't it have been this way? Do the work that you have planned to do. I, I believe that your word is going forth and that it will not return void, whether it's for people who are here, people who are watching online, those who will watch later. God, I, I trust that your word is going forth. I believe with my heart that this is what you want to say to your people today. God, let us take this word. Plant it deep within our hearts. Let it grow up day after day that we would receive your healing. You are Yahweh Rafa, the God who heals us. The covenant God who has promised to heal. 
and that we are healed by the stripes that Jesus bore. Not just for physical healing, but for emotional, mental, spiritual healing as well. We trust these things, God. We trust. We believe your word. And it says we can be healed. Work in our lives today. We receive. We receive you. And Father, we we speak over your people. May Yahweh bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you. And may he give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen.